into that timeline. So my plan is by 2025 to throw off the battle lines completely and start that journey. But my, the whole purpose of that was to see all the things. Mm-hmm. That's like kind of what I want to do is see all the things. Yeah. Countries, What's places. What's the route you're looking to take? Um, so that's, if I don't cross my wake until I'm 75, I'm fine with that. Oh, wow. I want to just go see this big, beautiful, interesting, yeah. crazy, chaotic world. And if I want to spend a month in a country and explore those areas by land even and just anchor the boat or whatever, I want to be able to go do that. And if there's some place that I get that I've been waiting forever to get to and I don't like it, I want to just be able to move on. But yeah. um, originally, current plan is Caribbean for a year, maybe two. Mm-hmm. And I have allowed myself this small inkling that if I never leave there, that's okay. I have this weird thought that I might just end up there and love it and never leave. And I've bought this heavy duty tank to basically just sail around there. But um, <laughs> I'm okay with that. I'm allowing that allowance. That's the only one though. But then I basically want to come back up the East Coast, stop along the way. I want to hit Maine, Acadia. I've never even been there. Like, and and then make the jump over like Iceland, Greenland, Northern uh-huh. Europe, come down maybe a year or two in the med area. And then may- I can't decide if I want to go down that way and go around good hope. Or if I want to come back down, I want to do the horn. Everybody thinks I'm crazy for doing the horn. Obviously you wouldn't think that since you've done it. What K horn? Yeah. I, everybody just says do the canal and I don't know. I just don't feel like I could be that close and not do it. I don't yeah, know. honestly, you'd have to. Well, it's so if you're if you're coming down the Atlantic's and you're trying to get into what the Indian Ocean, or are you trying to go to the Pacific from the Atlantic? Yeah, oh. I haven't decided which way I'm going right, to go. If right, I'm going right. to go down and go Cape of Good Hope and go that way, right, right. Or if Indian, I'm going to come Indian back Ocean, over, yeah. come down South America. Yeah, it's it's definitely tricky um, because. Essentially, you get into the Indian Ocean, and to be able to, you know, there's a few, there's the Seychelles, and there's the, um, there's a bunch of different island chains, um, and there's one in particular I've always wanted to go is Christmas Island, and then Keeling and Cocos Island, which Slocum stopped at. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things where you, you essentially have to. Nice. <laughs> I wonder what edition that is. That's a nice one. Um, you'd essentially have to ride in the Southern Ocean, you know, if you wanted to go to the Pacific that way. You've got to cross the Indian, which is super violent and unpredictable. Mm. Um, and then you get underneath Australia, but you can go in the Australian Bight. It's not so bad. And then you're then you're sort of you're sort of good at that point, uh, even though it's pretty rough waters. But you're you're in a you're near a country, so you can pull into places and avoid cyclones and all. And that I'm not stuff. worried about nonstop. So that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Um, yeah, then you've got like Perth and Fremantle and all mm. that sort of stuff. There's lots of islands in the Great uh, Australian Bight, and then you got New Zealand. Then from there, you know, yeah, I mean, you can do that's another sort of, year. Yeah, like yeah, exactly, a year in there, right? Or two, yeah. Um, but then, yeah, you, you pretty much rip halfway across the Pacific down around 40 degrees south and then you go north whenever you want maybe go see Easter Island and then make your your way more into the South Pacific then yeah I don't know it's tricky because until they until they somehow can um, put a real cap on the piracy going through um, the Suez yeah and around the Horn of Africa like 
that's been a big concern, it's especially being scary. solo female. Like that's one of my biggest issues that I or safety issues that I worry about is coming into a foreign country that I don't know if they're legitimately coast guard or whatever they want to call them, mm-hmm. you know, their customs or whatever, or if it's just a boat that wants. And you know, oh, yeah. no. there's that whole question of, do I say there's someone below yeah, in order yeah, to not right. get murdered, or do I? Not that everybody's going to murder me, but you know, it's just like that fear of like, do I lie to them? And then they're like, well, why did you lie? And I'm like, well, I feel like that's the better way to err than be like, I, I'm here I solo. The, you and, know, yeah, I have the same fears as well. I mean, I think out on the high seas, um, I, I don't think it matters too much, guy, girl, alone with people. Yeah, if you're unlucky enough to be in a situation where that boat that's coming right up to your boat and they're all fully <laughs> fully weaponized right. and ready to just basically you know kill everybody and, and dump the bodies and burn the boat after they take all the watches and money or whatever and there's not a whole sailors, lot like, do. I, don't, I don't know that you approach this boat and be like she's got a ton of money on board <laughs> yeah honestly though but to them if they grab like a sat phone and a watch and God only knows what else. That's to them. It, I would think that's that's a score because the whole idea of like killing somebody and sinking their boat, I don't think matters. That's just like oh, that's the day's work. I'm not putting much uh, <laughs> uh, shedding any any sort of romantic light no, on piracy, yeah. but those bastards they kill a lot of people. I mean, Sir Peter Blake, he was down somewhere in the Amazon, I think like on the coast and he was on like a big race boat that they would do like charters on or something this was back in the i think the late 90s early 2000s and they got boarded by pirates and he went down to get a shotgun and they came up came up and they shot him and i think they ended up burning the boat and stuff and i mean he was one of the the greatest round the world racers there was it's just a you know bastards but pirates have been a problem for you know forever Yeah, yeah for like three centuries so Nothing changes. And yeah, that's 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 a concern for sure. I don't know what. Well, just don't you know? If you stick away from sort of the bad parts, right? You know, you should be okay. And but, I feel like cruisers are really good about sharing that information. Oh so. yeah, yeah, no, for sure, for sure. But yeah, I mean, uh, you could try and just do like the Slocum route because you have an engine going through the Straits of Magellan uh, would be a hell of a lot easier than what he had to deal with. But that's not the horn. Well, it's not the horn, but if you want, I mean, if you technically though, if you want to be like a Cape Horner, you, you, I have to you, do that pullover and like. Well, you have to. You essentially have to travel. I I don't know. There's some some body made the claim that like it had to, you had to do like a it had to be like a two thousand mile voyage or something. Oh. So like see. you have to leave and go for a thousand miles nonstop and then around the horn into the other ocean for another thousand miles. I always said. I agree with John Kretschmer. I believe he, he's the one, I think in one of his books, he was like, a real Cape Horner goes from 50 south to 50 south. And that, I mean, for a West Sail, that's going to take you a little while. But a little while. Yeah, yeah not, not too long, though. I think it took me probably two weeks, something like that. Because you're at such high latitude. The east to west isn't a big deal. It's the north to south. Yeah. But it's it's real deal down there. I mean, it's... Uh, a lot of luck comes That's... into play no matter what boat you're on, no matter who you are, no matter how many times you've done it. It can get really, really ugly. It only, like, 
I like to say Cape Horn smiled at me. It didn't even show me its teeth. But yeah, it smiled because it gave me a nice little near gale, yeah. gusting up into gale force, but it was short-lived, so the seas didn't build up all that big, and it just spit me out the other side. And Yeah, you didn't have those yeah. crazy seas that everybody thinks I will encounter. Whenever I even just mention it, they're... Cape Horn can be like dead flat calm. That's what I've... Yeah, I'm like, I, I feel like it's just kind of going to have to be when I get there and yeah, what I decide. Okay. But I would also like to do the canal. I think that's also in its own right something of interest. And well, yeah, because you've got... I mean, you, you've got the Straits of Magellan and then you've also got the Beagle Channel. Uh, when Slocum got swept around, he gets out into the Pacific and then a gale comes, forces him down south... And then the, the westerlies come, and he goes through what's called the Milky Way, which is just basically random rocks and all this sort of stuff, and out, somehow floated through that, probably at night, into the Beagle Channel. Because <laughs> it took him like six times to get through there. It was just a nightmare. I've and he's getting attacked by Indians and all sorts of stuff. Just crazy. Throwing the tacks on the... I love that book. That book was just so good. And here it is right here. Yeah, a friend just, his daughter heard that I want to sail around the world, one. and so she brought these books for me. Um, I wonder what year this one is. Can you imagine having, like, a first edition of this? I don't, it may be, I mean, That'd it looks... ridiculous. Oh, no, first edition would be, like, 18... Right. I, I, I wasn't thinking this would something. be first. I was going to say, it looks like maybe looks like 31st. Yeah, um, I won't lose your page. It's, I'm not on that page. Oh, <laughs> she literally—I literally just got these before you got here. She just dropped them off. So, have you read uh, Bernard Motissier's uh, *Sailing to the Reefs*? No. That one. I have finished like *Long Way*. But *Long Way's cool, yeah. but his uh, my favorite book is his, his first one, *Sailing to the Reefs*. And not a spoiler, I guess, but because uh, it's a book. But he he wrecks two boats. Oh. Yeah. So hid from his. And the, is this prior to? Is this? Oh, yeah, before? yeah, yeah, this okay. is way before. This is when he's probably, I don't know exactly how old he was. I want to say he was in his 20s, or maybe he was in his 30s, um, early 30s, if anything. But he leaves Indochina and goes across the Indian Ocean with literally nothing. I think he had a compass, but he had nothing else. And his idea was that he would start to see birds and seaweed before he hit land. And he knew there were islands out there. And then, obviously, he runs aground on a reef. Boat gets totally destroyed, this boat that he builds. And uh, he spends, like, two years there on the island of Ramirez or something. It's part of the... There's all these atolls. I think they're the U.S. or the French have, you know, Air Force bases or something on them mm, now. Okay. But um, he was, like, making charcoal and rebuilt a boat. But it's this amazing story. And then he goes off and he sails more. But it's him learning. Him learning everything by, you know, the hard way. Screwing up. And he's doing it completely penniless. Like, they're in they're in uh, Cape Town. And they're shooting cormorants with uh, a slingshot to cook in the pressure cooker for food. Wow. Yeah. And then they go. He's anchored at, on St. Helena. And they're catching, like, blue tang or something like that. Some little reef fish. It's under their boat, and that's what they ate for like seven weeks, every meal, because they had zero food or zero money. And it, but it's so cool. It was so inspirational. When I was reading it, when I first bought Sparrow, I can remember reading some of the last bits as I'm sailing towards Saint Lucia, which has the Piton, so it's really mm -hmm. crazy Those peaks. Are, yeah. 
And I'm just like, I, I'm, I'm literally like being inspired and I'm in my own story at yeah. the same time. And I was, I still have, it was like a two second clip of me sort of doing a selfie there. And I'm just, you can see I'm so happy. It makes you wonder if he had that same, maybe he was reading a book at that same point or whatever, you know, like, oh, yeah. you know, well, like yeah. you think about yourself. Because, well, Being Slocum inspired, inspired else, him. You know? I mean, that's why he named his boat Joshua. Yeah, you which know? I always thought was so weird, but I got it. But it was just the male names have always been. Yeah, I've never me. understood that. Yeah, yeah, but when he would. And I remember even thinking he had that orange, like he's eating an orange. And I kept like being like, wait, what timeline is this? Like, this is like three months into this. And he's got an orange still just sitting in foil. I'm like, is that possible? Like, mm -hmm. how does that work? It's like, weird. We, but, we used to wrap them in uh, newspaper. And you do that without you just individually wrap them so that when one Maybe goes it was off, newspaper. I don't remember, but the yeah. other one won't get infected with it. Yeah, and it, it lasts for a while. I remember eating eggs that we had not refrigerated. We didn't dip them in Vaseline or anything like that, uh, but easily six, seven weeks. Yeah, and that was that was pretty cool. Learning to live without a fridge was. I'm I'm still doing that, but yeah, it was. Get one of those. Doing all that research of like, how did people live without right, 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 refrigeration before? And it's just always, I feel like this whole life, even when I lived in my Airstream, it's a very intentional way of living. Mm -hmm. Like you have to think of where your waste is going, whether it's your food waste or your human waste or whatever. You have to think about your resources coming in, water and power and food. If you're going to do that, like it's just you're constantly aware. Whereas if when you're in a house nobody really understood that you pay the bill and then that's you flush the toilet and the toilet the water comes in and goes out and you yeah, don't know where it came no, you turn the right, light switch right. on and the light turns on like it's just you don't think about society all yeah, those, yeah well those are the pleasantries but they're also but i think it's part just of what born in luxuries that yeah, they don't realize they're luxuries detaches us from point. everything yeah. yeah but i you know everybody's like i could never live the way you live and i I don't know. I prefer it. I don't, I like small spaces. I like living that way. And like, I don't like it to be easy, I guess. I don't know why. I don't know what that means mentally about me, but. Uh, well, no, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, some people say I'm like a glutton for punishment or I like <laughs> suffering. And to some extent I do, because I know what comes after that is, uh, a level of, of joy and happiness that you can't get to without suffering. Yeah. I was going to say elation. That's what. Yeah. Comes yeah. Mind. And you know, I, I think, you know, we live in a, a definitely a time where people run from any sort of that, that idea of suffering because they just want pleasure, but it and doesn't immediate. give you, yeah, it doesn't give you the kind of pleasure that you can get when you have to actually go through some pretty uncomfortable stuff to get there. And yeah. it's, it's unfortunate. And I think, you know, I think some people are waking up to that, you know, just, just the idea of like a cold plunge and that becoming sort of a, you know, a little bit of like a, a, Ooh, that's kind of a trendy thing to do. Well, doing a cold plunge is awful. Taking a cold shower is awful Yeah. and it's miserable and it only lasts for a few minutes, but, and most people will never do it. I'm sure they might try it once and hop right out and be like, Nope, that's not for me. But just the idea that, there's this thing that is miserable that actually benefits you and all this other stuff that's 
you know, in a TikTok feed. Right, exactly. It's sort of yeah. like, oh, it's actually not a bad sign. It's not a bad sign. Yeah. So. It's making mainstream. Yeah. yeah, right. So I don't know. I don't know. But it, it's, yeah. I don't know. I love this life. I, I love how hard it is. Mine, I feel like you've seen what I'm dealing with on this boat mm-hmm. and it's harder than others. Um, I had that friend, you know, Victoria. Hi, Victoria. I love you. Um, you hey, met, Victoria. You, yeah, you met Victoria. Um, the old E-P-Y-C. F-P-Y-C. F-P-Y-C. Oh, I can't keep doing that. Sorry. She, um, <laughs> you know, she came by and I'm covered in fiberglass. I told you the story the other day where she's like, you know, if you just spent a little more money and bought a better boat and, and you could be out there sailing, like, would you do that? And in that moment, I was just, you know, covered in fiberglass and downtrodden and yeah, like ready to admit. Where did you see one? And that's why I'm like, and they literally just bought this wonderful boat. There's a few slips down the, the dock here that is turnkey. It's ready. Just go have fun. They got that boat. I didn't. And part of that was budget. Part of that was wanting a West sale. Mm -hmm. Um, whereas they were just looking for a boat. It didn't matter. They had their, you know, size limitations and stuff that they wanted for it, but it didn't have to be a West Sail. Whereas yeah, yeah. I was looking for my tank. Um, right, I mean, right. I wanted West Sail 32, Tiana 37, Pacific Seacraft 34 were my, like, top blue water. I want one of them. Um, and so when a West Sail came available, I was under contract on a different West Sail. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm glad I walked away from that one. It was at the heightened, highest part of my budget. And turns out there was just a lot of shadiness in the deal and the broker wasn't being very truthful. And then there was a survey that talked about the engine and everything. And unfortunately I think somebody did end up buying that boat and then the engine failed when he was trying to get it home. And then he had to like pull over and replace an engine. Wherever oh, he was. there's, there's so, 12 grand. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it was definitely a blessing for me. And for, I mean, I'm hoping he now has a great West sale. And did you, you know. have this boat surveyed? No. <sighs> Uh, and I know nothing. There's no sugar coating that one, unfortunately. No. And I, and I know that that's the thing, but I feel like, I know this sounds so hooey, but this is my boat. When I met him, called to you. when I met him, when I saw the pictures online, I had mm-hmm. just literally walked away from that other deal. And within 30 minutes, this boat popped up on marketplace and I, looked at the photos and I was like, that's my home. I just knew that was my home. I didn't know what she had in store for me. Looking back on that, I maybe would have just been like, that's pretty move on. Um, but I don't know. And then when I met the owner, he saw how much I loved West sales. He, he saw my passion for these boats and he was like, I want you to have this boat. He was retiring, selling his home that had a slip. He was like, I'm done with sailing. I want you to have this boat. Like you can continue this dream. So it just kind of was like perfect. And I knew going, getting a survey, I'm going to pay for that, but it's an old boat. Like no matter what, there's going to have issues and I'm going to have to decide what they are. Would they have detected this deck rot? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Would that have changed my mind at that point? I don't know. Nah, if anything though, it probably would have lowered the price. You would have been able to be like, I mean, Whoa. I didn't pay a ton for this boat. So. Right. But still you could have been like, I'm literally going to have to replace this whole deck. Yeah. So let's chop a thou off this. What do you say? 
I mean that he but. gave he gave me five grand off because he wanted me to have the boat. Oh so, wow! Nice, so he nice. was like, "I'm I'll give it to you at this price because yeah. you you are meant to have this boat." And I was like, "Great, let's well, do that." You know, it's it's so funny that you say that because uh, when I think back to me trying to find my boat, you know, I I spent months looking online when I was down in the Caribbean, uh, and then I came up to Michigan for the summer or for like a month and a half in between our season down there. So it was like September. I hit the road with my mom. I'd lined up about seven or eight boats to look at, mostly West sales. Uh, I think there was a Baba 36 or mm. something in there. About I love 30. Robert Perry. Yeah. And we cruised all the way from Michigan all to Annapolis um, and Newport and none of them. They're all either overpriced or they didn't have the equipment because I needed... I knew that I was going to have to purchase a life raft for three grand, a wind vane for five grand, mm-hmm. uh, brand new sails for eight grand. Like I knew that was getting tacked on. So I didn't want to buy a boat that had like, you know, crummy old sails, but it had a full set of them and was trying to get 40 grand for it or whatever. But in any event, uh, couldn't find anything I liked at all. And then I was at home. I was about three days from flying back down to the BVI because I had to do a month and a half more in the contract before I was free. And this one popped up online, and it was just like there, all of a sudden, on its own little website the owner had made. Oh, wow. And I looked at the pictures, and it was totally different than all the rest. The interior was lit up and white, and it had different... It wasn't just all wood. It had, you know, different colored stuff, Mm -hmm. and it had a beautiful exterior paint job and it was dark hauled right uh no no it's like a oyster white i guess oh. or a pearl white i don't know why i thought you had a dark hauled. and it's first. got a blue stripe okay. uh, or a blue like the bulwarks area underneath yeah. cap rails blue and then it has a blue waterline stripe and then it had a red bottom and besides the stupid name it had on the side it was just i was like that is it and the varnish looked good uh, at least in the pictures, and um, and it, it was good. You know, probably it was sea tall when I got to actually see it. But yeah, I looked through the pictures, and I immediately emailed and got in touch with the guy and told him what I, my plan was with it and stuff. And he loved that, and ended up. Uh, I flew down there two days later, saw it, and bought it right there. I was like, whoa, this is perfect, and I. You know, it was something I had money was all saved and ready. Mm-hmm. I was just waiting until I found the boat. But there was there was definitely a feeling like that's that's my boat yeah. for sure. And I feel like bringing it back to the story with Victoria, you know, in that moment of just despair of <laughs> being stuck doing yeah. all of this, you know, I kept thinking if I, if you're asking me that right now, my answer is yes. Like I wish I had spent more money, like maybe gotten a loan or whatever and like bought a better boat ready to go done but i know as sad as i am even today you know dealing with the deck rot you you know when you got here like a little flustered little flustered once i'm done with this i will have literally touched every part of this boat i will know all of this so when i am out there and it's just me and her and mother nature throws something at us or whatever it is failing I know what the the original fix was, so mm-hmm. then I can fix it again. Mm-hmm. Versus, I've basically had to undo other people's messes on this boat and then redo them the right way, yeah, or my way, with the right way, 
I'm the captain of this boat. It's yeah, the right it's way. The right way. Um, yeah. But board like, the good ship. <laughs> but it's just, I know that that will be worth it, and that I at that moment wouldn't have changed it for the world, and I would not have bought the better boat for more money. I, I know that I will make her what she is meant to be. And is she ever going to be Montana museum level? No, but yeah, maybe. she will be beautiful and she will be very well cherished and loved. And hopefully at that point she has a mutual, like, I guess that is the teenager thing. And then that, once you like become an adult, you like yeah, love your mom right. again, you know, like now we're, now we're old buddies. <laughs> so maybe we'll reach that level of our relationship where she will love me back. Um, I look forward to that day. I just don't know how far away that day it's is. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> right. One, I guess to, to sort of wrap things up, maybe uh, in, a, in a good light and shine a different perspective on on the challenges that you're facing now. Yeah. So so when you do a solo nonstop, as soon as you dip into the Southern Ocean, it's, it's, it's scary. It's very dangerous. It's miserable. It's cold. It's wet. It's moldy. Um, but that four and a half month chunk of time between Cape of Good Hope and Cape Horn, I learned more about sailing and the ocean and wind and, and sails and myself than all probably all the years combined before that. At least at least when it comes to like heavy weather sailing for sure. And since then I've been able to utilize that education that I got during that tumultuous time mm -hmm. to then share that experience with other people, um, get paid to do just that. Inspire people. You inspire a lot people. of people here that yeah. saw your talk. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate that. Mm -hmm. And it, it sort of was a forced education that I didn't expect. It wasn't great when I was doing it, not all aspects, but when I finished it, and much like maybe going like to college for a subject that you don't want to really do, you come out with it with this great knowledge and expertise, which, which not only can be very useful for the future of your own project, but it might be useful, your knowledge might be very useful for a lot of other people in your rest of your life traveling around this world in the marine area where... If you've completely rebuilt your boat, you are literally an expert in so many fields that when you get to a mooring field and there's always people that are like, I need help, I need help. Mm -hmm. It could be one of the things that finances a lot of your future voyages. So when you're doing these things, you know whether or not it's, it's a complete work of art and it's totally successful each thing you do, even if you screw something up and you have to totally redo it, that's more knowledge that you're gaining again. I mean, God knows I screwed up all the time out on the ocean. And and that's the time I'm like, now I know how to do it, right? Yeah. And I'm glad I screwed it up because now I actually know. Yeah. So I think I think a lot of a lot of our attitude towards things like this uh, is how we're perceiving them. And if you just perceive it as like just oh it's just fireglass dust and I I got robbed in this deal and rah rah, rah then yeah it's never going to be good. But if you look at it from a different angle and say well hey you know what this boat is teaching me all this stuff to prepare me to mm -hmm. actually be able to do a grand voyage like this, then you know it's sort of like teach away. What else you got? What else are you going to teach me? That's I feel like I do have that perspective. I do. I will never give up on this boat. Yeah. You know, some people have said 
did you buy a lemon? And I'm like, well, I must love lemonade. Because <laughs> I love this boat. And I'm like, I'm never going, I don't, I can't give up on her. I could talk about it in like a sad moment, but most of the time I'm like, this is exactly the life I asked for. Yeah. This is what I wanted. That's what I'm feeling, though. Yeah. I mean, I didn't feel it so much when I first got here. Because you, were on the you deck. walked up as I'm like, yeah, in the, like, <laughs> that was a low the, point. That's yeah. a low point. But that's what I like. I'm like, I will never like stay in those for long, just because yeah. this is the life I wanted. This was my plan. This is what I want, and I asked for this. So as hard as it is, this is where I'm supposed to be, and that makes me incredibly happy. And hopefully she will understand that one day. <laughs> That's freaking awesome. Well, Tiff, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on and sharing some of these crazy stories. Uh, you know, you may have saved some people, some masts or things like that. Who knows? It's always great to share. <laughs> yeah, running backstage. Yeah, <laughs> running backstage. Um, share experiences and stuff. And I, I wish you the best of luck. I, I, I can't wait to watch and see how things uh, continue. I mean, I'll probably be back down in Fort Pierce with Mark and Steph, you know, they said February, and, uh, maybe. yeah, maybe February. So who knows? Might she may be, be a totally, she'll have a new name by then at least. There so, we go. Yeah. That could be a huge start right yeah. there. I'm hoping if once she gets her new name, she'll be like, Oh, thank you for acknowledging me. Now, <laughs> now we can get along. <laughs> well, if I, if I ever get the chance, I I've always wanted to, um, put together a West sale rendezvous at bitter end. Yeah. You know, not obviously it'd have to be like years from now, but, uh, if we planned it far enough in advance, it would be pretty crazy to have Montana, mighty Sparrow and what's, be what's the new name? Calliope. Calliope. That's right. Yeah. Calliope all there amongst many others, because I know a destination like that, we'd probably, uh, we'd have to see about, hopping on and helping George and those guys bring theirs down. Well, he's got my bowsprit, so hopefully that's... <laughs> I don't know if it's on right now, but, you know, we'll piece yeah, them all together yeah. and then piece us together. Yeah, yeah. right. Well, yeah. thank you so much for coming thank on the show. You. And, uh, yeah, good luck. Thanks. <laughs>